0: Up the congregation, cuz I start to aggravate my mind in space communicating with satellite stations. Diarrhea thoughts the shits green, it's money green. Chronic cough, flims, smell like a perp and sour deep. Just feel me or deal with me. These scars tell the story. These bars put me. Hello, in and to welcome quiet, to an all ball cast, a special edition, draft edition. Special. I have a very special edition here with me right now. Just how special am I? Very special. Uh, uh, and what is your name, sir? Name is Christian Robbins. Uh, what is your pseudonym? Um, we'll go with Anal. Anal. Now yeah. we've we've referenced you on the podcast before. I yeah. think uh, you are the residential draft expert. Uh, maybe, many of you may be like, "Where's Bob at?" Well, Bobby Buckets does not know anything about the, the NBA draft. <laughs> he does not know. He doesn't watch any college basketball. And guess what? Neither do I. Uh, so we need somebody to come in and help us out. I watch a little college basketball. <clears throat> Don't sell yourself short. You watch a lot of college. I watch basketball. a ton of college basketball. He watched every single college basketball game last year. In Div- okay. Division one only, though. Well, you, you know, there's about 350 teams, whatever. I only watched
1: 274 of them, <laughs> but close. Oh, close enough. Close <laughs> enough.
0: Um, so, tell tell me a little bit about um, just so the fans of the show, so the 10 people who listen to to this podcast mm-hmm. know, uh, you know, your love of basketball. How do you feel about basketball? Uh well it's definitely my favorite sport right now. Uh
1: the NBA draft is one of my favorite times of the year. Mine too. Uh, yeah. Uh most of these guys are one and done players. i I follow recruiting a ton, so I really know most of these players since they were sixteen. Um, you know, I, I subscribe to two four seven sports. I'm always reading message boards on there.
0: Uh you know, but it's something I've always followed and something I've always had a lot of fun with. And when I knew really really knew what you were talking about was um, last year when I said I didn't like Jason Tatum and you were like, you're crazy, man. And then just, I was wrong on Jason Tatum.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm a Sixers fan, and it uh, turns out the Sixers might have been a little wrong on him too. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. All right. So let's uh, – I've got some questions. We're not going to go through the draft pick by pick. Um, one, it's that would just take forever. And two, some of these picks um, are, are going to bleed into the other picks because there were so many trades and weird shit going on. Mm-hmm. So – um, Just right off the bat, who did you like better, DeAndre Eaton or Luka Doncic? And why? Well, if I was picking first,
1: I probably would have gone with Luka Doncic just because, you know, all the work he's put in so far. I mean, he's played basically two full professional seasons. He's played 160 games in the last two years over in Spain. Uh, well, actually, he's been a professional basketball player since he's 15. But <clears throat> as an 18-, 19-year-old, being the MVP of a Spanish League, He's 19. I mean, he's still growing. He's still getting better. Uh, you know, he's already considered, uh, you know, by a lot of people, one of the best prospects of all time. But, you know, I I don't blame the Suns for picking DeAndre Ayton because I think he has an incredibly high
0: ceiling. You know, a lot. Of- uh, how does the, how do you think Ayton fits into? Because this was my question to you a lot, and I still I still question the, the Ayton pick just because the NBA. It's changed rapidly in like the last four years. Right. So big men have a hard time staying on the court. Uh, pretty much, if you're not Anthony Davis, even Carl Anthony Towns has had trouble. Mm-hmm. Clint Capella has stayed on the court pretty pretty easily. But for the most part, if you're a big man, you can't play in the playoffs. Yeah.
1: Well, DeAndre Ayton is a superior athlete. He he can move really well. Uh, I mean, he's never going to be able to switch onto a guard and be able to you know man up on them. But he's definitely going to be able to move on to wings. But uh, you know, if if you keep him on the court in a playoff game, you, you also have to have somebody to guard him. So good luck. He's he can do it all. He can take the take somebody off the bounce. He could be just a lob guy, or
0: you leave him open. He's even going to be able to shoot a three. Would you say he he could possibly be a Carl Anthony Towns level three point shooter outside, knocking out down outside jumpers, or are we looking at somebody like? pal gasol who can spot up from the corner and hit a three well he didn't take a, a
1: ton of threes in college but he has shown that he can i mean a college three compared to the nba three it's another three feet back is he yeah. gonna be able to step out like that i don't think he could be carl anthony towns but uh, i mean his mid-range to deep game is is good for a seven foot
0: one guy so, so. like um, i kind of think of it this way is like yeah i'm with you i think Doncic. Dante- from I watched a ton of tape on Doncic, mm-hmm. and the difference between watching tape on a lot of European players and Doncic is like you said. He's like he played against real professionals. He played against people who played in the NBA, second best league in the world. Yeah, yep. and I I watched him do some pretty crazy stuff, but I also watched some of um, his um, missteps because I think you know you can watch him do make, make layups and three point shots all day. That doesn't really show Just you the much highlight time. tape isn't yeah. gonna show at all. Yeah, yeah. And I, so what I noticed was um, a lot of like his bad plays were just, I th- and this is my opinion, they were, like, the thought was there. So, like, he has a great IQ. Like, he would make a pass. Mm-hmm. And it would just be a split second too late or a split second too early. Mm-hmm. Um, And I think those are things that you can work on. And then he would, like, rush shots and transition. Like, so he he wouldn't get his feet set. And he's 18. So, like, those are things that, like, if you're working with an NBA-level coach for two years, like, you're going to be able to be the next clay thompson if that's your only issue is right difference. you're never going to
1: take an off balance three after you've been in the nba a couple of years right whereas, yeah whereas if you're just i don't know like you're 17 18 year old playing professional basketball maybe you're you know maybe a little jittery maybe run down the court and trying to take a quick three i mean you're not always going to be balanced the uh,
0: one thing about Aiden that kind of bothered me um and i i think i here's the thing is i don't think Aiden is not uh Aiden's not going to be ashamed to be he's not gonna be out of the league and in five years, like he's going to be around for a while. Don't even put them in the same <laughs> sentence. Come on, <laughs> the beat. I mean, but this guy, this guy is really uber talented. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the difference between um, being great and being just a starter in the NBA is just work ethic in a lot of these cases. And, and I hope that Aiton comes in hungry. I hope that he he wants to be the number one pick and not just be, you know, not just cruise on his talent because happy for so he got the money and he's good now yeah. yeah because i watch i'm watching this guy's stuff and i'm looking at him and i'm like he is he he reminds me of he reminds me a lot of uh a smaller a thinner Embiid. just his mm-hmm. his smoothness with the ball his ability to kind of put it on the floor um don't tell Embiid that or he might tweet about it yeah it- <laughs> He plays defense, remember? <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess that would be the one thing is like <laughs> Embiid is an incredible defender, yeah. and he knows how to use his length. And hopefully, you know, we could talk about these draft picks all day. The one issue I have is just him going to the Suns, and the Suns haven't been able to develop young talent. That's, Devin Booker is uh, the kind of the exception. You know, they've mm-hmm. drafted Alex Dragon Dragonbender, they've drafted all these guys, and they Marquise have- Marquis Chris Marquise looks Chris. like a failure so far. Yeah. And it, it just hasn't p- panned out. Like, So does that factor into this at all, in your opinion? I mean, Aiton is a, is a different prospect
1: from those guys. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking about somebody that can be, a, a you know, a superstar in this league. Uh, I mean, Lynn and Chris and Dragon Bender, I think those guys are all, like, drafted in the 5-10 to 10 range. So, they, I mean, they obviously had the talent. But I think Eaton's just on a different level. I mean, he can – offensively, he's going to be able to do it all right away. Uh, he might come in and score 20 points a game. I don't know. Or maybe Devin Booker's going to score 30 a game, not give Eaton a chance. But <laughs> – there's i i don't see him failing the way like those players
0: failed. Do you think uh do you think ultimately who all right so who's going to regret who's going to be the better player, Doncic or Eaton? In 10 years, we're looking back. In 10 years,
1: huh? I I'm, I'm, I'm I'll go with Luka. I mean, I think he's going to come in and be the rookie of the year next year. He's probably going to average 18-6 six and 6, you know, for Dallas uh I'm not sure how they're going to handle it with Luka and Dennis Smith Jr. being on the court at the same time because Dennis Smith is more of a ball dominant point guard, but I, I mean, Luka does it all. I mean, maybe if you're looking at just points and rebounds, I mean, maybe you're looking at Aiton and say he has better stats, he's a better player, but Donchick's someone that's going to, he's going to set people up to score all the way around him all the time. He just makes people better. Um, he he's extremely crafty with the ball, so he's gonna put people in good positions to make back bu- to make plays, make buckets. So
0: yeah, I'm kind of excited to see how I'm going with, I'm going with Doncic. I can, I'm kind of excited to see how Carlisle handles <clears throat> Dennis Smith Jr. and Donchick together because Dennis Smith Jr. had, had flashes of brilliance last year. Um, he showed that he definitely des- deserved to be in considered one of the best players in the draft last year. Yeah. You know, he slipped a lot because there was questions over his mental <laughs> uh, acumen. <laughs> A uh,
1: little selfish of a player. Yeah. Doesn't really care on defense at all. Yeah. And, <laughs> and he still showed that in the NBA. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <clears throat> but, you know, give him another year. We'll see what Carlisle can do with him. And, I mean, there's nothing to say that they're not not just going to be like, listen, we'll trade him and we'll, Donchick is our player of the future. I mean, that would suck because I was kind of big on Dennis Smith Jr. Um, and I think he a Fun player
1: probably... for sure. Is, yeah. What, 46-inch vertical? Yeah, he's got a little <laughs> Stevie
0: Francis in him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I agree with you. I think Donchick is – far and away the best player. I'm surprised he didn't go number 1. Um obviously the Suns loved it, especially after the Suns signed his the salvinian coach which was just odd to me. Yeah, there's a couple
1: aspects there. I think we talked about it before. Uh Phoenix's owner went to the University of Arizona. Yeah. So, there's a little bit of a connection there where let's take the Arizona guy. I mean I mean University of Arizona is what, is it was like 50 miles away from yeah. Phoenix. Yeah. yeah.
0: So I mean that that actually could be a bad or good thing for Aiden, yeah. but uh, the fans the fans already love him. So yeah, you're bringing true. in a guy that they already know. You're they already sell they some jerseys for yeah, sure. Definitely sell jerseys. All right, so let's move on. I'm going to I'm going to lump um a bunch of these players together um just in kind of you get just to kind of give you uh an idea of the way this draft went. It was it was Big Man Big Man Point guard slash
1: Quotations there Yeah Yeah.
0: And big man Big man Big man Um, Mm -hmm. Sounds like a trap song Or something Big man Big man Big man (laughs) Uh, So Who do you like Out of these players And Did you like where they went Uh, Who do you think Is going to be the best Who do you think Is going to be the worst So we got Bagley Jaron Jackson uh, uh, Mo Bamba Mo Bamba Wendell Wendell Carter It's kind of fun to say really. Yeah So Wendell Carter Mo Bamba Jaron Jackson Marvin Bagley
1: I think Mo Bamba is a can't-miss prospect. I think he's immediately going to come in and you know, be someone that can block three shots a game. Uh, he's absolutely going to be a lob man. Uh, I'm not sure uh, if Orlando has a player that's going to be able to give him a lob. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think he's, he's can't-miss. I mean, he's for the next ten years, he's going to be a great defensive player. Uh, he moves really well for a seven one seven two 7'2 guy. I don't know if you saw it, but he right now has the biggest wingspan in the entire NBA. Seven foot ten. Yeah. Seven foot ten. And he set the record at the combine for the the highest standing reach. He just, you know, just on the ground, put his arm up. He can reach nine foot seven and a half. <laughs> I can't even jump and touch that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's pretty impressive. But,
1: uh, I, I think he's a can't miss defensive prospect, and, and he wasn't asked to do very much at Texas offensively. Uh, and also at Texas, there wasn't very many good guards on him to set him up in the paint. But at worst, he is an incredible lob guy because he's a he's a good he's a good athlete too. Uh, he's not just a long arm, lengthy dude. He's a good athlete. Um, he's been working on his jump shot. I mean, you've probably seen the, you know the Instagram videos yeah. of him hitting four threes in a row. Who, yeah. Who knows if he missed ten before that or missed ten after that? But he, he's working on it's it. It's
0: the famous Darko being guarded by the chair.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but but I really like him. Uh, one person that I mean was huge, uh, Jaron Jackson. I mean he got picked fourth by by Memphis. Uh, one thing about him that I don't like is he wasn't productive in college. Uh, he didn't even start for Michigan State. Yeah, he ends up being the fourth pick of the draft. <laughs> I mean I know when he came in he did well and he he basically does it all. He you know he actually hit forty percent from three. He's a good athlete. He, you know. Uh, defensive player of the year in the Big 10. Uh, you know, as a freshman only playing 21 minutes a game. Pretty impressive obviously you're making your mark. But if I'm a, I want to see the productivity and he didn't do that much of it. He averaged 10 points and 5 rebounds a game. Yeah. He was fifth I think or fourth or fifth on Michigan State in scoring and as their center he was third on the team in rebounds. But maybe a prospects or uh, scouts look at him. They see a prospect that can do everything. I mean, maybe he is the perfect fit for an NBA roster right now because, I mean, he can shoot from outside. Uh, he's shown that he could be a passer, he's an aggressive rebounder. Maybe he does it all, but
0: I yeah, don't I started out with him and I was kind of high on him, and then I started watching tape on him. And, you know, you mentioned he's 40% from three, but his shot is ugly. And <laughs> it goes in, but it kind of, and the thing is, like, people have compared him to Al Horford because Al Horford's shot's really ugly.
1: Well, unless you're Chauncey Billups, then you compare him <laughs> to Joachim
0: Noah. <laughs> yeah. Which level? What? <laughs> it's like, uh, because they both play basketball. <laughs> <laughs> because they both have an
1: ugly shot. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I get. I don't. It kind of reminds me of Joakim. What? No. Yeah. No, I mean,
1: no. Jared's shot isn't as bad as Noah's. We'll get that straight. Yeah. He does not have as pretty a hair as Noah no, either. Though. That's true. That's, <laughs>
0: that is both. Are, both are true answers. The other thing with Jackson that I can I kind of wanted to see. So, and this has been mentioned on a ton of podcasts, but I don't know if it was mentioned on the draft, but I've seen it written in many places is like he averaged the most fouls per 36 minutes uh in the draft or the second most fouls per 36 minutes okay ever mm-hmm. ever uh, ever not just in this draft yeah ever wow uh, i think marquis chris was the only one he, he he averaged like 8.6 uh fouls per 36 minutes and jaron jackson averaged 8.4
1: well maybe that's why his minutes per game are so low Then,
0: i mean that's a lot of fouls yeah you only have five in college <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so he seems like he was constantly in foul trouble. I don't know what that means. I, I mean, honestly, I, I, what does that mean? I mean, that could mean he's just really physical, which could be a good thing. Yeah. But the rebounds yeah. aren't there. So is he physical? Is he not playing with his feet? I don't know. I mean, he's an aggressive shot blocker. Yeah, he know. averaged three a game
1: uh, in his 21 minutes. So I guess maybe he's just going after blocks every single right. time that and, could be you too. know, chesting people up. I don't, I don't know. That's but uh, yeah, actually, that is pretty concerning. Eight fouls per thirty six. Wow.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's a lot. All right. So now that the only people left are the two Duke guys. Uh,
1: there's been a lot of talk actually on who's actually better, Marvin Bagley or Wendell Carter, and it's I don't know if it's you want to use the word it's the hipster pick to say you know what I actually think Wendell Carter is yeah. being better. I do not think that. I think Marvin Bagley <laughs> will be better than Wendell Carter. Uh, Marvin Bagley is a superior athlete. If you watched a Duke game, you knew who the best player on the court floor was. It was Marvin Bagley. And Wendell Carter was probably the third best player on the court. I know Coach K didn't ask Wendell Carter to do that much offensively. But if he had it, then you wouldn't even have to ask him to do it. He would have done it. Uh, he's someone that I mean, the scouts are looking at him and they say, like, well, he can shoot the three. Well, he didn't do it very much. Yeah. And they say, he's athletic enough to take somebody to the rack. Well, he didn't do it very much. and. I mean, he's he's probably going to play center. He weighs 250 pounds. You can't just put a 250-pound guy yeah. on uh, on the wing. Uh, he's 6'9", 6'10". Uh, he's, so I guess technically he's going to be a small, a shorter 5, but not yep. a superior athlete, not super long, long enough. But he, he his problem is he's, he's not quick, and that's going to be a problem. You know, in this NBA, everyone's switching on to everybody. You know, there's going to be tons of situations where – there's going to be a guard. They're going to have the center come up, says screen and Wendell Carr is going to be guarding him and Wendell Carr is not going to be able to.
0: It sounds like he's going to get played off the court is what you're saying.
1: Uh, I think he is a candidate to be one of those players. I do. Okay. Uh, but with Bagley, uh, we were actually just talking about this. I, I, he's going to put up his numbers. He has, a, he's aggressive, high motor, uh, not a great outside score, but mid range is in the paint. He's fantastic. Uh, he can take someone on the dribble or he can spot up a little bit. Uh, He's gonna be faster than almost every four or five that he's guarding, so he's gonna be able to get around people. He is probably gonna need to put some weight on. Uh, if you watch him, you can see he's pretty skinny, but he's one of those guys that uh, I don't even know what the word for it is. Just it looks like he jumps really fast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of like a Greg Oden was that kind of kind of off the ground so, quickly. Yeah, yeah. Like he doesn't need to bend his <laughs> knees to jump up two feet in there. It's crazy. So he's gonna be able to ha- use those quick post moves, and he's someone that. You know, can be almost a 2010 guy right right off the bat in the NBA, especially playing for Sacramento when there's nobody else around him.
0: You you worried <laughs> about some of his defensive – so the defensive liability, there's, you know, there's like, oh, you know, Coach K switched to zone so he could play Bagley, and uh, he can't play Bagley in the final minutes of the game because he can't guard anybody. And yeah. uh, Are you worried about that, or do you think uh, the talent's there, but he just needs the right coaching?
1: Well, looking at Duke the last – Four or five years, they've been bringing in a lot of top talent, and I don't think one of them has been someone where someone said that guy's gonna be a good defender. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so is that a Coach K, uh, you know, fault? Uh, I mean, playing the zone 100% in time in college, uh, that that's obviously not setting you up for the NBA. In the NBA, yeah. they they rarely run zone. Uh, so, do I think it's a problem? I think it could be uh, guarding fives. If people can probably you know, bang him around in the paint. But he's athletic enough to go out on a three or a four. Uh, but, like I said before, he's a big-time high-motor guy, so the effort is definitely going to be there. So, I you know, a lot of time in the NBA, the effort is what matters. So yeah, I I, can, I, I don't think he's ever going to be a first, second-team, all-defensive player, but I think he, he, he could be serviceable.
0: Uh, he's a player, too. If you watch his highlights, you're like, man, this guy should have been the number one player in the draft because – he just has NBA moves on the offensive end. Like mm-hmm. it's kind of reminds me a little bit of um, of Elton Brand. Um, okay, just his ability not not as much as because you don't see a lot of back to the basket posts, but his, his ability to make shots mm-hmm. w- within five feet is unreal. It's like if he gets the ball within five feet, he's gonna make a bucket. Like yeah. that's I was I was shocked by his his shot making ability. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I I'm kind of I'm not in my opinion I would have. Taking him third, I think it's Donchick, Aiton, and possibly Bagley. Yeah. There's other players that I like in the draft. That I think have a lot more upside um, than than um, than Bagley. But I think his his floor is high. I don't yeah. think he's I don't think he's going to be out of the league in five years. I think he's going to be a scorer for a long time. Yeah, whether it's come off the bench and give you ten and a, and a quarter to kind of give you a lift. Right. Uh, that's his. I mean. And I know that's not exactly what you want from the second pick in the draft, but <laughs> well, he's definitely not coming off the off the bench. Yeah, in Sacramento. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, no, I like I, I like what you said about Wendell Carter too. I, I, when I watch Wendell Carter's highlights, and I, I'm just like, I'm with you. I'm like, I don't see how this guy is a top ten pick. Honestly, like, mm-hmm. I get that. You know, he's a wide body and he is kind of athletic um, for his size, uh, but he's not tall. He's mm-hmm. not a shot blocker. He can he can rebound. Um, and he's got he's got some decent uh, offensive moves, but he's much more a traditional big man than we've seen in the draft or be successful.
1: Yeah, I would just like to have seen him to you know do more offensively. at Duke, I know Duke had five players on their team that were possible first round picks this year. Yeah, but that just means he's getting he's getting guarded by one person every yeah. single time he has the ball. It's a good point. So, I mean, and in the paint. People are always worried about Bagley on the outside. People are looking at Grayson Allen, Gary Trent, mm-hmm. uh, Duval. Can't think of his first name right now. Trevon. But, yeah, Trevon Duval. Uh, so he's always getting one on one with somebody. So, you know, I would have liked to seen more out of him, but All right. Chicago obviously liked
0: him. Yeah. All right. Let's uh let's move on. All right. So then we're going back to Donchick a little bit here, but we're going to talk about the trade. So uh, Dallas moved up to three to, pit to for Doncic. Atlanta moved back to five to get trey young incredible and uh, yeah so what do you think about this trade what do you think about i mean why do you think they chose trey young over donchick and also you know what are they gonna do with schroeder now well i kind of
1: didn't understand the trade because it seemed like atlanta wanted trey young and, and dallas wanted luca and Memphis was taking Jaron Jackson anyway, <laughs> right? So why did the trade even have to happen? So Dallas just basically gave up their next year's first round pick. Um, yeah, I know it's protected. I don't even know if it came out on how protected it is, but
0: it hasn't. And I guess those protections can kind of change um, uh, because I guess it's not. They have to wait till a certain date to make the trade official. Before, yeah, it's yeah. just proposed trades. Yeah. So
1: technically Trey Young is on Dallas right now. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah, so I uh, yeah you're right that trade I was I was baffled by that trade. Uh, Dallas obviously loved Doncic, and I guess that maybe they had intel that they thought Memphis was going to take him, but there was no indication that he was going to go to Memphis. They had their eye on Jackson the whole way. Right. So I uh, yeah, I was com- the whole thing was confusing to me. I'm confused why Atlanta wanted Trey Young so bad.
1: Yeah, basically taking Trey Young at number three or number five, whatever you want to call it, technically fifth. I'm not seeing a player that he's going to be a great offensive player. He will. He's going to end up, you know, making a ton of threes. Actually, probably next year I wouldn't be surprised if he took 10 threes a game. (laughs) And he might, you know, put up some assist numbers, but I don't know if he plays the way he did at Oklahoma, then that means he's going to have the ball about 75% of the time. (laughs) And the dude, he's listed at 6'1", 185, I think. Come on. (laughs) He's tiny. He is skinny. He is skinny. I wouldn't be surprised if he actually weighs about 170 pounds.
0: See, that's kind of what – like, when people start comparing him to Steph Curry, I'm like, Steph Curry is 6'3". Like, he's not a small dude. And, I mean, yeah, he was skinny when he came out, but Curry balked up, and it – the horse is in the house. (laughs) Uh, And it took Curry a a while to get his body right for the NBA. It's not like Curry came in his rookie season and – He was
1: not a superstar right away. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't. It's a good three point shooter right away.
0: Yeah. Trey Young, honestly, I, I, I've i got some Jimmer, Jimmer Fredette feels for this. This feels like Jimmer yep. Fredette. Um And I got burned on Jimmer Fredette. I was high on Jimmer because I'm like, shooter, shoot. If you can shoot in the NBA or if you can shoot in college, you can shoot in the NBA. I, I
1: thought he was going to be JJ Reddick.
0: Yeah. and But now I'm kind of like, oh, Trey Young scares me. Like, I don't. I mean, you can't have him handling the ball all the time. He's small. He's not going to be able to it, get around these players. Yeah, he's day. not just
1: small, but. His wingspan is only, like, 6'2". <laughs> That's So, scary. like, Curry has, has long arms. That's yeah. why he can go into the paint and make these yep. ridiculous layups because he's got the long arms. He can reach around people a little bit. Trey Young, it's going to be all floaters the entire time in the NBA because he's not going to be able to do that kind of stuff. Or he's just going to get blocked every single time. And really, the second half of the season in Oklahoma, you saw him getting yeah. blocked all the time.
0: And here's another question for you. How, how's he going to be on the defensive end?
1: Horrible his whole career. There's no chance that he's ever going to be yeah. even serviceable. Yeah. Okay? I mean, defensively, maybe maybe Lou Williams for his career. <laughs> I, I I do not think he should have been picked fifth. I think he should have been probably the fourth point guard drafted. Yeah, pick him in the late lottery. But man, Atlanta picking him at number five—that that is a stretch.
0: That's a, I feel like it's a setback. I feel like they've set back. I I just I do. I feel like they've set back their their franchise. And you know, I don't understand. What, I I understand them not being like enthralled by by Schroeder. But, like, Schroeder's 24 years old. Like, he's a young dude, and he's yeah. on a young contract. Like, so I don't understand what Elena's doing.
1: Um, I don't either. I mean, Trey Young, he might be the biggest celebrity in the draft right now. He's, I bet you he sells the most jerseys in the first year. Yeah. I bet you he will. Just, he's just so lovable. I mean, and also, I mean, the dude in college, immediately superstar. He played about four games yeah. before everyone right. knew this guy's the man. And you know he led the country in points and assist but I don't think he's gonna lead the league in points or assist <laughs> ever but.
0: yeah and but. so I think we're both on this page there's like it was a dumb trade I the the pick just does not make sense at all for Atlanta um I mean I would have liked to have seen Atlanta take Mobamba or even or or, or even if they if they wanted to go the point guard, guard route take Colin Sexton. Like, I'm not a big Con Sexton guy. I think the Cavs kind of messed up, missed that pick. We'll get mm-hmm. there in a minute. <coughs> but to me, at least Sexton makes point because make, makes sense because he's a nose-to-the-floor kind of guy. He's going to grind for you. Yeah. And at least, if nothing else, you're going to have a, a defensive stalwart.
1: Definitely. And he's the kind of athlete that is going to be in the NBA for a while. I mean, we're talking about a, a guy that has a point guard. His senior year in high school, he won the dunk competition. Right, I don't know. Yeah. If you know. The, he, I didn't know that. But yeah. <laughs> that's, I knew he was an athlete. Not surprising, right? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I, I'm not sure I like the pick either for Cleveland. I mean, if you're trying to keep LeBron, then why pick a point guard that can't shoot a three? Um, it's weird.
0: Yeah, it's weird. So let's talk about the late draft, but let's just talk about like let's not talk about the trades yet, the crazy ass trades. But mm-hmm. we'll get there in a second. But let's kind of talk about the last half of the dra- of the of the lottery. So. I'm just going to run it down. <coughs> you tell me what you like, what you didn't like. And we'll focus a little bit more on um, the Cavs and the Sixers. Um, because these are guys, These are teams that, you know, they one went to the finals. The other was, was right on the cusp there. Mm-hmm. All right. So we had Contaxon going to Cleveland. Kevin Knox going to New York. Mikel Bridges going to Philly and then getting traded.
1: To Phoenix, yeah.
0: Shy Gillis Alexander uh, getting drafted and then getting traded. Uh, Miles Bridges, Jerome Robinson, and Michael Porter Jr. So out of those players, who do you think is going to have the best NBA career? And then kind of just tell me what you what you think about each one of these players.
1: Well, I want to say Michael Porter Jr. is going to have the best NBA career. Uh, he's one of the surprises of the draft, how he fell so far. I don't know what came out in his injury reports in the last four or five days, but he went from being the number three pick possibly to 14. Yeah. Um, Maybe his back and hip is so bad that he's hardly even going to play in his career. I don't know. Maybe he'll have four good years before his body gives out. I mean, we'd call him the next Brandon Roy or something. Yeah. Um, but he, he's someone that could come in and be an immediate impact player. And I actually I, I love the fit with Denver. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's, he's 6'11", but he's probably going to play the three. Obviously, he can play some small ball four and five at that height because he's also a good rebounder. But, I mean, the scoring capabilities he had – I mean, we're talking about a guy that was number one or number two overall rated recruit out of high school. Right. He played, I don't know, fifty total minutes at Missouri, and they weren't great. Uh, I think ten minutes into his first game, he got hurt. Yeah. And then he tried to come into the tournament.
0: And you could tell he was still hurt when he came to the tournament.
1: Yeah, I mean, and he was just chucking shots too. I think he was trying to help his his you know his NBA stock, but I don't even know if it hurt him actually. Yeah. But yeah, right. But something came out on those injury reports that scared off everybody. I I can't believe he dropped all the way down to 14. But.
0: Yeah, because the potential is so high for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I kind of wanted Cleveland to pick him up there. I I, you know, I was, you know, once once he started to fall, I was like, wow, Cleveland is actually going to win this draft. Yeah. They're going to add a player who is, I mean, let's be honest. Like, I'm not, this isn't hyperbole. Like, Michael Porter Jr. could be, if 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 these injuries are just a fluke and they're they're a pass, he could be an all time great player. He has that skill set. Yeah. I mean you're talking a 6'10, 6'11", guy who can shoot, who can rebound, who can push the ball. And you can't you have to just throw out Missouri. Like you can't you can't think about Missouri. You have to look no. at the prospect he was coming into Missouri. Look at
1: his, his USA basketball highlights. He he was the M V P on the USA U eighteen yeah. and U seventeen team, which means he was the best player out of all these people that got drafted yeah. ahead of him in high school the entire time. Just because he didn't get to play in college, really, uh, I hope that the injury isn't bad. I, I want him to be a good player because, you know, I-, I was excited for him. I-, I I wanted the Cavs to pick him, too. <laughs> it was like, a, if you want to keep LeBron around, let's shoot <laughs> yeah. for the stars here. Uh, but I think uh, him in Denver, you know, around players like Jokic and Paul Millsap, they're going to be able to pass him the ball. He's going to be able to get set up a lot. You know, small forward is the position they needed, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know I'm excited about him. Uh, the next player in, in that range that I like is a uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander, SGA. Uh, the way he improved from the beginning of the year to the end of the year at Kentucky was really impressive. I believe he didn't even start at the mm-hmm. beginning of the year, and then by the time tournament comes around, he was the best player on the team. He was better than Kevin Knox. Uh, and we're talking about a six foot six point guard with a seven foot wingspan. So he's gonna be bigger than just about every point guard in the league. Yeah. Minus Ben Simmons and Giannis, if you want to call him point guard. Uh, He he, he improved every aspect. Uh, He improved his shooting. He ended up being, I think in his last 10 games, he shot 50% from three.
0: Wow, I didn't know that. Okay.
1: Uh, Yeah. Uh, But by no means is anyone calling him a great three-point shooter. (laughs) Just just putting the number out there. Um, He's not a super great athlete uh, for point guard. But for him being that long, maybe he doesn't have to be he's going to be able to block shots in the paint on other guards um and he's someone that's he's shown that he can distribute the ball really well uh, a lot of comparisons i saw were uh comparing him to michael carter williams which i i don't like comparing players to him because he came into the league looked like he was going to be good rookie of the year yeah. and then i think he was out of the league in by his fourth season yeah um so i think people to see like a, you know a, a tall long uh point guard that can do everything good maybe not great but sga is going to be a great defender and i be, i believe in him I, I like sga i actually think he other than Luka, i, I would have taken him as the second point guard in the draft
0: and obviously the clippers are really high on him because they have a million point guards on their they have a million <laughs> guards on their on their team
1: austin I, rivers is not the future everybody
0: <laughs> I, I i wonder i just i, I i'm Curious how he fits in with this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I don't see him getting a lot of playing time. I mean, as as many as much trials that as many trials as the Clippers went through, they were on the cusp of making the playoffs. I mean, they you know they kind of faltered down the stretch, and there's there's no reason for them to be a playoff team. I think mm-hmm. uh, Rivers did a good job coaching that team, but the young guys, and Tobias Harris, came into his own and. Um, but you have
1: he played a lot better for the clippers than he did for the pistons the last couple of years yeah, I would say yeah for
0: sure so uh, here's the thing they can't trade Lou williams like that's they, he just signed a big contract like what last year so uh, beverly doesn't see, seem like a player you want to trade but he does have value he's always hurt he is always hurt but he's a great defensive point guard when he when he's actually you know on the court yeah uh, especially you know when you look at the teams that um you know you're gonna have to have uh, defenders to play against philly and boston and you're gonna have to have defenders to play against golden state and houston so Mm -hmm. beverly has he has uh trade value austin rivers as you mentioned i don't think he has any trade value his dad gave him a big contract Uh, he's stuck in la um you you know they have they brought in
1: i think it could be a good backup point guard somewhere but who wants to pay a backup point guard 10 million a year
0: yeah and they brought in Miles Theodosius who was, like, a huge prospect. Now he's, like, 30, in his 30s. He got hurt immediately last year. Showed flashes, but... Um,
1: wasn't he... Um, weren't people talking about him as one of the most creative passers of all time yeah. before he even played an NBA game? Yep, yep, absolutely. And, and you know, in the League basketball, he, he had some fun highlights. He's definitely creative, I would say. <laughs> he's, he's Rondo-esque with how the way he, like, hides the ball before yeah. his pass. He, he does a lot of that kind of stuff. But, I don't know, he's a point guard in his 30s that's played... 25 total games in his
0: career. <laughs> yeah,
1: I don't. I don't see him being in on. I mean, he's now the fourth string point yeah. guard. So, so that, I mean, is he going to be on the Clippers much longer? I don't or? know.
0: That's my thing. Is like, so they're going to have to. Are they gonna, they're they're going to trade some of these guys, right? I mean, that's. I mean that just, but I guess that means that they're really high on shot. Yeah, and not shade. to
1: mention their next pick was also a guard. <laughs> yeah, right. right. <laughs> a, a completely different player, Jerome Robinson. He's he's not a point guard. He's a shooting guard, but he is only six four. Yeah, I mean Shea is six six, so I mean I guess he could guard the you know other players on the wings, and maybe Jerome will guard the other point guards. But still, the Clippers just put, chose two more guards to throw on that roster. Uh, and, but Jerome is someone that can come in and, and be an immediately good scorer. He scores at all levels. Um, uh, he kind of went under the radar until you know the weeks leading up to the draft. I, I didn't really know that much about him until you know I'm reading reports on the Ringer and listen to the podcast and stuff like that, but what I'm saying, uh, you know, everyone's high on him. Everyone thinks he can come in and be a good scorer, But uh, he is one of the older players in the draft. He he did play three years in college, so I don't know. Probably in the first, he was 13th pick. Was the only player his age, Mikael Bridges? Yeah. I, guess, I think everyone else might have been one and done. so.
0: What do you think about the Bridges?
1: I think the Sixers did Mikael Bridges dirty. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, I I do think he can come in and be you know, a good role player, uh, basically immediately. Um, uh, he's going to be a good three point shooter. He shot over 40% uh, the last two years. He's also an 85% free throw shooter. Um, don't ask him to score off the dribble. That's, that's not his strong suit, but, uh, I think I might've mentioned this to you before, Brian, but I kind of see him as a, a poor man's clay Thompson mm-hmm. kind of player where, I mean, he's not, he's probably not going to be an all time great three point shooter like Clay, <laughs> but, He's a six-seven guard. He's probably gonna play the two in the NBA. He played the three in college. You know, six-seven. Most of the time, you're gonna be playing the three, but he's gonna be able to guard wings very well. He can score, and he's long, so he he's a he's a good rebounder for his size too. Uh, so I think he's gonna be able to go onto a team and immediately be, you know, a contributor. Uh, I wouldn't say he has an incredibly high ceiling because of his. I mean, you gotta have some ball handling and be able to take somebody one on one. To be a superstar, but I mean, he does a lot of he does a lot of things good, and you know, Phoenix is happy to have him. I yeah. wish he would have stayed with the Sixers, because I think he would have been a really good fit with Ben Simmons, because Ben Simmons is going to drive to the hole, uh, he's going to pull defenders off the off the wing, and you know, Mikel would have been right there for a three point shot. But
0: so, what do you think about Miles? Then
1: great college player, great great college player, but he's six six. I, th- I think his wingspan is also like six six, mm. so I, he's a stocky guy. So in you know at Michigan State, he was asked to play the four a lot because he's a stronger dude, but he wasn't great defensively there, uh, and he's not going to be a great defensive defensive player how with the, with that wingspan in the NBA. Uh, he is one of the most athletic players uh, in this draft definitely going to be an alley threat all the time and he's gonna he's gonna have some highlights that are really fun um but he's also someone that needs to work on his ball handling uh, and he's kind of a tweener you know he's thick enough to play the four but he's gonna play the three um he's a pretty good shooter uh and he's aggressive so he might put up some numbers but uh if we're, we're comparing bridges to bridges here uh, i'm going with mikhail over over miles every time
0: yeah i feel like that was the consensus for a lot of people mm-hmm. um some people said that Miles Bridges was the best player on that uh, that Michigan, Michigan State,
1: State team. team in college. He definitely was, uh, but I mean, there's a reason why Jaron Jackson went number four, yeah. I suppose. And even Nick Ward was, you know, a really aggressive player at the five for him. And uh, I know he played 20 minutes a game and averaged 13, 14 points a game. So when he got on, when he got on the court, he was scoring, but. For Miles, I mean, I think he was – was he Big Ten Player of the Year last year? Yeah, I, this think, year. I think you're right. Um, actually, might have lost some money by not going into the draft last year. He might have been a, – a, well, I guess he went 12, but he could have been
0: top 10 last year too. See, I, I feel like um, at the beginning of the draft process, he, he was a lot higher. I think I – I feel like I saw in mock drafts, I saw him going yeah. between, you know – five and eight up to a lot uh, on a lot of mock drafts and then he just kind of as some of these players started to shoot up he kind of fell a little bit yeah
1: well I don't think most people didn't I don't think change their opinion on him from last year to this year I don't think he changed that much of a player Uh, I mean two years ago at Michigan State he was almost always a four so people looked at him as a small uh, you know power forward in the NBA but a lot of people are saying he's got a lot of the same talents as draymond green like well draymond green's two inches taller and draymond green has a wingspan that's seven three yeah yeah exactly (laughs) so that's why he can guard this player like that because he's very long uh miles is not like that
0: all right before we move out of the lottery i want you to talk me off something because uh in this process of learning about players i fell in love with kevin knox um uh, I'm gonna get some jerseys made that say um, "I like I like your Knox," mm. um, and the I, Knicks are gonna change their name to the New York Knox. Yeah, I, I think so. I think when his career is over, um, so in my in my opinion, from just watching tape and reading scouting reports, uh, you know, it seems to me that Kevin Knox has the potential to be this year's. Kimball Walker or you know, uh, Donovan Mitchell yeah. um, type player, where everybody passed on him, and you're like, "Oh, this guy's six nine. Who can? or Wait, is he six nine? Sorry, he's six nine. He can shoot to three and he can guard." Um, tell me why I'm wrong. Well, with
1: Kevin Knox, you're definitely way higher on Kevin Knox than I am. Uh, so one of the things about watching Kentucky is. I'm not sure he got that much better throughout the year, mm, and I, I okay. pointed that out with SGA, where he went from not even starting to being absolutely the best player on the floor. I, I'm not sure Kevin Knox improved that much. No, he can he can guard the wing. Uh, he's not a great athlete, but he, he's a serviceable athlete. He, as a six foot nine guy, he he only averaged five rebounds a game. I don't think he's going to be able to come into the NBA and be a good rebounder. And I don't think he's going to be able to guard big men at all. Uh, But he could be, you know, a good scorer in the NBA. Um, He's he's a very good ball handler for someone his size. So, I mean, that always translates to the NBA. So he's a good one-on-one player. But, um, like I
0: said, I think you're higher on him than I am. He averaged – this is amazing to me. And I don't know if it led the country, but it's insane. He played 32 minutes a game in college. Thirty-two minutes a game.
1: Maybe he should have been drafted by Minnesota. Thibodeau would love that, (laughs)
0: right? (laughs) I would just play this guy forty-eight. I mean, that is insane amount of of minutes for a college player,
1: especially at Kentucky, where at the beginning of the year they're crushing people, where they he only needs to play twenty minutes.
0: Yeah. So um, Calipari was even quoted. I'm reading this little article here and said, uh, Calipari said he's he knows he's he said I know I'm playing Knox too many minutes and that's going to hurt him towards the end of the year. And you kind of mentioned like he, he kind of struggled down the stretch of the, of mm-hmm. the season. Uh, he ended up being the SEC freshman of the year, but right at the same time, and he was first team all SEC, but, um, he kind of, he kind of just, I guess, wore down for lack of a better term.
1: He was basically announced the freshman of the year in the first 10 games of the year, though. I think he scored 30 points four out of the first 10 games for them. Uh, so I mean, there you you see the aggressive score for him, yeah. but um, like I said, down the stretch of the year, maybe it was the minutes per game. I mean, thirty-two minutes a game. I mean, in the in the NBA, he's you know if he's going to be you know a great player, he's definitely going to be averaging more than thirty-two minutes a game. That's or true, or at least around thirty-two. Yeah, yeah, probably. I right. guess in this NBA, maybe uh, ten years ago you can average forty, but now not anymore.
0: Yeah, and you know the other thing too is I, I will I will say this. You know I mentioned those names, but like. <coughs> <clears throat> the uh, Bagley averaged like 33 minutes a game too Yeah So I mean
1: uh, But he didn't show signs of wearing down
0: Yeah Yeah Exactly yeah. So I mean Maybe that's not an excuse You know um, that, that seems like a lot of minutes And when you start looking at the other players It, it is But uh, it wasn't even the most minutes played by uh, A lottery pick Lottery pick Yeah um, but uh, all right, so uh, you know, I hopefully I'm I'm right on Knox and you're wrong. Um, but <laughs> you're not even a Knicks fan. Why? I, why? Why, I why? Hopefully. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> there, just because I want to be right. You just like him. Yeah, I just like him. I, I dude, if you haven't know, which is so weird that I was so low on Tatum. I like like six to six, eight to six, ten guys who can shoot like, on the wing. Yeah, I, that just I. That's like um, it's like a fetish of mine. <laughs> it's a fetish. All right, so now we're moving out of. The lottery, and we're going to kind of move on to the rest of the first round. Um, And I'm not, again, we're not going to go through all these picks. So, who are some players that, give me four players that stick out to you as being um, potential Jimmy Butlers or Kawhi Leonard's, like steals later on in in the round? Well,
1: not a Jimmy Butler or Kawhi Leonard, but I really like Boston's pick with Robert Williams. Uh, He fell all the way to 27. He would have been a top 10 pick last year. Um, Robert Williams at Texas A&M. We're talking about a two-time SEC Defender of the Year. Um, he's a bad shooter. He, he's a bad, bad free throw <laughs> shooter too. I think he actually shot below fifty percent free throw line. Okay. So uh, hack a Rob or hack a Williams or whatever you want to call it. That's, <laughs> that that might happen for him. But we're talking about a superior athlete here. Seven foot six wingspan. He. I think he can immediately come in and be exactly what Clint Capella is for the Rockets. Um, oh, interesting. Uh, Boston's not going to ask him to start. Obviously Al Horford's got you know a few year, few good years left in for him. But um, he's going to come off the bench and be a great defender immediately on fours and fives. Uh, I don't think he's the kind of athlete with the quick feet to be able to guard uh, many players on the wing. But in the paint, he's going to be good. He's a good shot blocker. He's very long and super athletic. I really like that pick out of Does Boston. Does he
0: have good hands? I don't know. I'm like –
1: uh, he is a lob guy, so I would say, yeah.
0: Yeah, okay. Interesting. All right, Definitely who, not
1: a catch-and-shoot from anywhere outside <laughs> the paint, though.
0: <laughs> I, I like the comparison to Clint Capella. I mean, obviously, Capella's a kind of the standard uh, – right now
1: – Pick-and-roll, lob kind of player. Yeah,
0: he's one of the few centers that can't shoot but can stay on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um I showed that against the Warriors in the yeah, Western Conference I mean, finals. even Gobert, defensive player of the year, Gobert – couldn't stay on the court. I mean, in the playoffs. Um, so uh,
1: yeah, really slow feet
0: right, out of Gobert. Yeah. yeah. So that's interesting comp. So who else? Who else did you like in the in the, in the later part of the first round? Uh,
1: you know, a, a really good fit that I see is Philadelphia taking Landry Shamit. Uh, what Philadelphia needs is shooters.
0: Mm, yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, they got Ben Simmons and Joe Embiid. Will take the one on ones. Uh, and they're going to force some double teams. So what the Sixers need is somebody on the three-point line that can absolutely, you know, you know, just crush it on the threes uh, and drain the other team. This guy shot 44% the last two years from three. He's a six-five point guard. He's never going to be a good defender. He's, I would say, actually, he's probably more of a below-average athlete to uh, NBA point guards at this time, but. He can be that guy. He can be, you know, J.J. Reddick, how much longer is he going to play? The Sixers need more players like that that can just, you know, be lights out from the three. So I I think he could be a a big piece for them.
0: It's so interesting that you say something like that because it's like this guy shot that well from three. He goes 26. Trey Young didn't even shoot that well. I mean, like, he he, he was like a 37% three-point shooter.
1: Yeah, but... A lot of his were, all right, the shot clock's ending. He's got somebody in his face. Okay. He's got a shooter fair for enough. five feet behind the line. Where Landry was on a pretty good team that had good ball movement. So a lot of his were open shots. Trey Young, I'm not sure he had one open shot the entire year. That's fair. That's
0: that's fair. A lot of contested threes. Good point. But yeah. I just, that, that I mean, in a league, this is what's so weird about this draft and just kind of blows my mind. In a league that we've seen puts a premium on shooting and defense we saw so many big men and bad defenders go early in the draft
1: yeah but the second half of the draft it has a ton of three and you know the three and d yeah type players and um,
0: and that's kind of what i was saying to you before we started like this reminds me that 2011 draft there's gonna be a lot of players i feel like mm-hmm. in the second half of this draft just real quick i'm i really like d- dante divincenzo i like lonnie walker a lot um divincenzo uh, that was actually one of the surprise picks for me he
1: didn't i go a lot
0: d- earlier than i thought it was gonna go
1: yeah but especially for a guy that I'm not sure many people knew about him until the Final Four. I think he might have scored 30 points a game in the Final Four, and he won the MVP.
0: Yeah, he scored 40 in that Finals, right? Yeah. yeah. That final was, was it 40? It was a lot. It was a lot. Uh,
1: he looked like the best player on the floor for Villanova in the Final Four, and we're talking about a Villanova team that got four players drafted in the first 35 yeah. picks. Yeah. Jay Wright's got some uh, rebuilding to do out there.
0: <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, DiVincenzo, though, Like, what I liked about him so much was uh, – i was surprised at how athletic he was
1: yeah his vertical was 40 inches uh i didn't see that coming yeah
0: i mean he can he he was explosive too it wasn't Mm -hmm. like uh you you see a lot of guys who have a high vertical but it takes them a lot to get there he could you mentioned like the quick off the floor it seemed like he had a a huge burst off the floor and uh he wasn't afraid to take big shots he took some big shots in the tournament and that's the other thing is he has balls and
1: he's mamba mentality there yeah, yeah he's not
0: afraid to show him so I yeah I I mean I I think the Bucks, we've seen the Bucks make a lot of great picks in this the teen range obviously mm-hmm. on Brogdon, Um serviceable players that can uh, it's well, and then
1: there's Jabari Parker that was number two which yeah maybe if his knees weren't glass he'd be a, he'd be an yeah, all star but
0: that's that's a that's a sad one too, yeah. um, and then what so Lonnie Walker I one I like Lonnie Walker's hair, and two uh, <laughs> I love that he's going to the Spurs. Like
1: anybody gets drafted by the Spurs. You just feel like it was a smart pick. Yeah,
0: yeah, (laughs) exactly.
1: It's like, okay, this guy's going to be pretty good. Uh, yeah. And he's going to, he's, he's another, you know, six foot six guard that he can kind of do it all. Uh, I think he was one of those players that's good at everything, but not great at anything. Yeah. Um, but those are the kind of players that pop likes there. Uh, the his name is escaping me. The point guard for the Spurs, the backup, not Tony Parker. Dejounte Murray. Dejounte Murray. Yeah. So they're gonna have two big guards to put on the floor all the time, and Dejounte Murray. He was drafted two years ago. He was a one and done. So he's twenty one, maybe twenty two yeah. right now. So they got they got some young guards that you know can really develop under Pop. And who like,
0: knows if you know they end up trading Kawhi Leonard for Brandon Ingram and uh and Kyle Kuzma, then you have a really good young team, you right?
1: Know actually that was one of the surprises for me. I, I thought the Spurs were absolutely going to trade Kawhi to get some, you know, some draft assets before this. But uh, who knows what they're going to do? Maybe they're going to hold on to him and say, "Nope, we're not trading you. You can be pissed off on the bench all you want." But
0: it's it's hard to it's hard to trade that kind of talent. And, yeah. and, you know, you want to think that you can convince them to stay. Uh, I think that's I don't think that
1: convincing is going to happen anymore. I don't either. I think I think he was convinced about the All Star break.
0: Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, so. I, there's two, a few more draft picks I want to talk about, and then we can get into some of your surprises and things like that. Um, one, I was kind of upset that um, Ellie Okobo, Okobo um, didn't go to the Lakers, but they got Mo Wagner. And I was kind of I, – I I'm not obviously a Michigan fan, but mm-hmm. I kind of fell in love with Mo Wagner in the, in the tournament. I just love that he was such an asshole. Yeah. And um, uh, he, he had big balls too.
1: And He's going – as hard as he can, 100 percent of the time. Uh, not a great athlete, but a good enough athlete. Uh, he's a good shooter for a big man. Uh, he can take you one on one. He's got some post moves. But I think the the biggest thing for him is he has an incredible motor. He's gonna go out all. The, he's the kind of guy that's gonna dive three rows into the crowd right. to try to save a ball in the second quarter of game 20. <laughs> you <Yeah, laughs> know, he's yeah, gonna, yeah. He, he's going all out all the time. Uh, and I think he can he can pick up some minutes on the Lakers.
0: He's not a great defender, like you mentioned. He's he's not doesn't have a lot, a lot of lateral quickness, so it's going to be mm-hmm. hard for him to stay on the floor. You know,
1: anybody picked at the, in the late first round, they obviously have flaws. That's right. why they fell this far. So, I mean, you're you're just trying to at this point in the draft, you're looking for somebody that does something really well. And I think what Wagner or Wagner <laughs> does really I well would... is just his, his energy is there, and he's going to be able to he's going to get that offensive board. He's he's gonna you know he's going to make those kind of plays.
0: Which I, I that I, that. Uh, him beside Kuzma, that could be fun mm-hmm. uh, if they if they end up keeping Kuzma or or Randall or Randall. Yeah, um, yeah that's a, they have a lot of high energy guys yeah. uh, now. Um, Grayson Allen, he went a little earlier than I expected. I know twenty one is not necessarily early, but there was rumors that he was going to fall and that he was going to end up mm-hmm. going to the Warriors or the Celtics or um, somebody trading up like uh, to to pick him. Yeah. Um, all the baggage aside. What does his NBA career look like?
1: I think he's a, he could be a good sixth man. I think he's, he can come on to the core. He can play either the one or the two. He played. Uh, he's a four-year guy at Duke. The last two years, there's been a lot of really good players around him, so his stats weren't as good as they were when he was a sophomore. Uh, I think he averaged 16 a game the last couple of years, but he averaged over 20 as a sophomore. Uh, he can come in, be a three-point shooter. He can be a distributor. I think he can be a, a sixth man of the year kind of player. Um, but defensively, uh, he's he's not a good defender. Uh, I, I I love that he went to Utah with uh, Donovan Mitchell because I don't know if you've seen the, slap the video, the, the slapping each other in the face. <laughs> but then they they hug it out on on draft night. Yeah, it's like okay, you two actually like each other. Okay,
0: I mean when you have two competitors, that's the thing. Is Grayson yeah. Allen is obviously a competitor. He obviously likes to go out there and try his hardest. He's gonna leave mm-hmm. it all on the floor. He's not going. He's not gonna. Um, you know he's not going to half-ass it, um, and uh, I, so
1: I, I, I like him as an offensive player in the NBA. I think he can he could score at every level. Uh, he's probably an underrated athlete actually because yeah, I don't know, he has some highlight dunks too. It's not just going off screens and hitting a three-point shot. He's a he's a gifted offensive player.
0: Well, I mean he he's what six five. How tall is Grace Allen? 6'4, 6'5. 6'5. He's listed as yeah. 6'5, one, uh, 196. Okay. So, you know, if he can uh, cultivate a little bit more mass, um, mm-hmm. maybe. Here's the thing about Utah Utah, you mentioned him not being great on defense. Utah is the best place to go if you're not good on defense because they will make you a good defender. Um,
1: if you mess up, there's uh, someone behind you that's uh, yeah that, that it, could do it for you. It's it. a
0: system. They, they yeah. have a systemized defense. And Quinn Snyder is, in my opinion, one of the best coaches in the NBA. Uh, he's also uh, looks like a Bond villain. So yeah. I don't think you want to screw up. Uh, <laughs> so where Grayson Allen might be hanging from the rafters. But I really I think this was honestly one of the few places he could go where he could get better as yeah. a player. Yeah. Um, uh, see who else did I want to mention? Uh, I'll, I'll mention someone. Up uh,
1: okay. Portland picking Fernie Simons. Uh, this is a player that was supposed to go to Louisville last year. Decided mm. uh, it was best not to go to Louisville after the little <laughs> Rick Pitino scandal. Well, <laughs> <laughs> scandal scandals. <laughs> um, he ended up. I think he went to IMG Academy, uh, a big time prep basketball school. But since he actually graduated high school last year, he was eligible for, for the draft. Uh, this is a player, I think he was ranked top 10 as a prospect in this for this year's uh, uh, class, but he is a great score, great uh, high school score. Uh, he's a 6'4", kind of uh, combo guard. Uh, he's definitely going to need to put some weight on. I think he only weighs 175, 180 pounds, but he's really creative. He's a really good scorer, and he is a big-time athlete. Uh, he's going to be someone that there, he's definitely playing G League. And he might take a couple years to uh, to really develop him, but you know, as a combo guard going to Portland, uh, they have they have Lillard uh, and CJ McCollum, so they don't need him to be good right away. Nice, Uh, um, and he can take over for whichever one of them two is going to leave inevitably. (laughs) Yeah,
0: so you're saying he's kind of like a a a draft and stash in a way.
1: Uh, He will be. Uh, I don't think he's going to play a ton of minutes this year, but. He's not the draft and stash. Uh, usually the draft and stash is a European player. Yeah. that uh, You have to buy out their contract to bring over here before they come. But uh, he, he's he's someone that's going to play in the G League, and he's going to be one of the last men on the bench next year. But in two years, three years, he he could be uh, a big-time scorer.
0: All right. Anybody in this first round that you wanted to talk about that we didn't talk about? Any surprises? Anything that you wanted to touch on? We, we didn't mention Troy Brown or Zaire Smith.
1: Uh, How about Amari Spellman, uh, okay. number 30 to Atlanta? Uh, this is a guy, he he was technically a sophomore, but he didn't play as a freshman. I think it was for academic reasons. But from his freshman to his sophomore year, he dropped about 40 pounds, and he's wow. still a 255-pound guy. Oh, gay! <laughs> uh, I think he was a 6'9", 6'10", 300-pound guy coming out of high school. Actually, I think a so lot He's of, tiny. Yeah, Tiny. I think a lot of people actually wanted him to play offensive tackle. Jeez, <laughs> um, but hes he, well, he's a big boy that can shoot a three-pointer too. Uh, I'm thinking like most spades with him. Mm-hmm. I, I think if if he could lose, you know, another twenty, he could also be a really good athlete. He's not going to be able to switch onto people, but he's going to be able to bully defenders. Uh, In the paint, and you might be surprised on how good of a three point shooter he ends up being.
0: Interesting. Okay, I'll keep keep that on your radar. Uh, Omar Spellman. Omar (laughs) Spellman. Remember the name. You heard it here first, (laughs) folks. Uh, All right, anybody in the second round that stands out to you? Do we have an Isaiah Thomas? Do we have a Nick Van Exel? Do we have somebody that's going to surprise us coming out of the second round? Uh,
1: How about another guy that didn't play college basketball uh, or any basketball last year at any kind of level? Uh, Mitchell Robinson, picked at number thirty-six by the Knicks. Uh, he, for some reason, committed to Western Kentucky, even though he was around the fifth-rated player in high school. <laughs> okay. Uh, I believe he showed up to the team for about two weeks during the summer, and then just decided to quit. And then he hired an NBA trainer to work with him throughout the year instead of playing any level That's of basketball. That's really odd. But this, we're talking about uh, a seven-foot-one center, uh, very athletic. Very long. Uh, I'm not sure about the kind of shooter he is, but he was supposed to be someone to come in and be a great defender right away. Uh, And, you know, there's something to be said about someone that's ranked, you know, top 10 in his class. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure about the Western Kentucky stuff. Uh, Why would a top 10 player want to go to not even a Power 5 school Um, (laughs) and then just to quit right away? Uh, So I don't know where his mind's at. But this is a this is a talented guy that, you know, picked at thirty six. He he might be a steal. Uh-huh.
0: That is extreme. So he he went to high school in Louisiana, and he chose to go to Western Kentucky. Mm-hmm. That is bizarre. That is a bizarre turn of events.
1: I know he knew their head coach for a really long time. So maybe there's like some family connections there. But still. Uh- Go go to an elite program, <laughs>
0: and uh, so he's seven foot. He's a seven footer. Mm-hmm. Uh, looks athletic. I've never heard of this guy, and that is a weird situation. So maybe the Knicks got a steal in the first part of the second round. Yeah. Interesting.
1: You know, put you know put him next to Porzingis. You got two long seven foot guys um, that are good athletes. Uh, I mean, Mitchell Robinson is by no means the the shooter the Porzingis is, but having you know those two long defenders in the paint, uh, you can really set up a a good defensive squad.
0: All right, any last thoughts on the draft? Anything you want to talk about in particular before we move on?
1: Uh, Jalen Brunson, the point guard out of Villanova, uh, NCAA player of the year, drops down to number 33 to Dallas. And I don't understand why this is a second-round player. We're talking about the best player on a two-time defending national championship team. Uh, we're talking about a guy that's a 40% three, three-point shooter, guy that gets to the hole. Uh, a guy that that passes really well. I mean, I know he's six foot six foot one and kind of a stockier point guard, yeah. which there's not a lot of players like that in the NBA. But I'm seeing a very productive player and someone that I think could be. I mean, he's going to be the backup point guard. He's going to Dallas, so really, he's immediately behind Dennis Smith Jr. and Luka Doncic. But I'm seeing a player that can be in the NBA for a long time. He kind of does it all well.
0: That's interesting. So I'm reading his scouting report here. And it says uh, he's left-handed, so that's always a plus. Uh, mm-hmm. In what was regarded as a weak point guard class, Brunson was the only true prunko, true point guard that was uh, ranked in the top 25 at the end of his junior season. Uh, he was voted as best passer by his peers, and he um, he's a pass-first point guard. Um,
1: Definitely a team-first guy. He showed that uh, in the national championship by scoring what eight points and basically just uh deferring to DiFincenzo the entire time uh, yeah. even though Jalen Brunson is the player all year that got him there
0: that's um yeah uh, so he you know he's averaged about 30 minutes a game over his entire career like he pretty much played every year mm-hmm. um, improved his three point shooting year over year uh became a better scorer um and his field goal percenting it dipped a little bit, but he shoots over fifty percent from the field, forty percent three point shooter in college, eighty mm-hmm. percent uh, plus free throw percent shooter. Um, his dad is a basketball coach, so it's in his blood. That, that's interesting. I, I didn't. He kind of forgot about him honestly because there was no talk of him in the draft. Not you know nothing that really um, thought you thought that he might shoot up the board. Yeah. Um, but you know what? Like there's always one of these players in the second round or you know that at least make an impact and maybe he's maybe he's the one. Yeah. He's I feel like you're probably right. Maybe he's who knows. He could come in and and start at point guard. The thing about Rick Carlisle too is Rick, you know, he doesn't care. He he'll, he'll he almost fought Rajon Rondo like <laughs> it's his team and whoever's the best player is going to play. So that's a lot of pressure on Dennis Smith Jr. and Luka Doncic to have this guy behind them saying, "Hey, I'm right here." Yeah. Um, that's interesting. I and, and actually he,
1: and they showed he can play well on the highest level.
0: I actually like that pick well, a lot. Highest now that collegiate you, level. <laughs> that, 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 now that you mention it, I, I like that pick a lot because it shows that um, they are not messing around. They they want to compete and mm-hmm. they want. I, I that's awesome to me. Um, anything else? anybody anybody else you want to talk about?
1: How about uh, this year's Mister Irrelevant? Kostas onto Tecumpo Yeah, better known as Giannis's brother. <laughs> <laughs> Giannis's brother. Yeah. Uh, this is a player who was a one-and-done, went to the University of Dayton, played about 12 minutes a game, and then said, I'm out. <laughs> went to the NBA. I actually didn't think he would even get drafted. Uh, I mean, going to Dayton, only averaging 12 minutes a game and five points. That's... I-, I read some things about how him and the coach didn't get along very well. I'm not sure if this is a situation where... Coast is actually committed to Archie Miller and Archie mm. Miller moved on to Indiana, but is still stayed at Dayton, but, uh, it's a weird situation for him. Cause he's built like Giannis is, well, he hasn't put on the muscle yet, but Giannis didn't have the muscle when he first got drafted into the NBA. Either. Yeah. But this is a, a top hundred, uh, you know, high school basketball player that had three scholarship offers. He had Dayton, Iowa state and Memphis. Uh, I'm not sure how he ended up going to Dayton. I mean, if you're looking at Memphis, I mean, you're seeing a, a much better program. Yeah. Well, Dayton has been pretty good the last few years, but, you know, next to Memphis. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean. Uh, also, weird situation for him. Uh, I believe his, like, the Antetokounmpo family still lives in Greece. So, Kostas lived with Giannis in Milwaukee. So, I would have expected him to go, you know, somewhere around yeah. that area. And, you know, that's why the Iowa State offer is interesting because, I mean, It's it's not close, but it's much closer Closer, than Memphis and Dayton. Uh, So he's Mister Irrelevant. So can he be Isaiah Thomas? Can he develop? I'm not even sure much about his game. But I mean, 12 minutes a game in college, he's just that really long athlete that drives to the hole.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. You know, uh, Giannis is so Giannis has flaws. We don't like to talk about Giannis's flaws, but he's not a great shooter. he's not a great. He's a good passer, but he's not like he makes he, he turns the ball over. Yeah, he does a lot. Uh it's just his athleticism and his ability to
1: and his go-go gadget arms. Yeah,
0: his ability to just get things done on the offensive end mm-hmm. and he's a decent defender too mm-hmm. um when he wants to be. Um but those things just make Giannis um a superstar in a lot of and uh, by every right the word uh I wonder if that translates to his family though. You know what I mean like yeah he could be athletic but is he just, Giannis? Athletic? Just
1: the yeah the Giannis athleticism and, and just kind of that it factor where you know how to put yourself in the right place at the right time.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's it. And and you, the thing about Giannis that's so interesting is he is very um carefree but at the same time uh he's very competitive. It's a weird combination where it's like he doesn't let those turnovers bother him. They don't carry on the next play. He's going to make a play on the, uh, coming down the other end mm-hmm. you know but uh, but at the same time like he's not like oh he's like oh well i messed up like move <laughs> on kind of thing um yeah. yeah uh so overall how would you rate this draft as we're closing uh, out here what do you what do you think what are what are your biggest takeaways what are you looking forward to
1: i think there was a i think there's a lot of good players in this draft i think this can be one of those draft classes where you look back and say I, you know, like, not maybe not the level of the LeBron, Dwayne Wade, Carmelo, Chris Bosh kind of draft, but there are a lot of good players in this draft. Uh, and, you know, I know the NBA is moving to, you know, more wings and, and ball-dominant players, but there's a lot of big men in this draft that could be, you know, all-star caliber. And, you know, maybe because of how many big men are here, the, maybe the league changes back a little again. Um, who knows? I mean, a lot of these big men can also pass the ball, so, you know, I don't know if there's any unicorn type players like the Giannis or the Kristaps, maybe Bamba just because of how long he is, but
0: who won the draft? What team won the draft? Who do you give the draft to?
1: Well, I I'll, I'll say the team that I think, you know, got, you know, got better is, is Phoenix. Um, they found their big man in the future and, uh, getting bridges on the wing as a three point shooter, uh, that I think, uh, can come in and be a good defender, but, uh, Maybe Devin Booker is gonna end up being the point guard for the Suns. They, they don't really have one right now. Uh, Brandon Knight is a disaster. They got rid of Bledsoe. Uh, so a lineup of Booker, Bridges, mm-hmm. Josh Jackson, whoever they end up putting at the four, Marquise Chris, jogging Bender, and then Aiton at the five. Uh, I I think Phoenix got a lot better. Interesting. Okay. And, and maybe you can say you know Dallas with the the best trade of the draft moving up to get Doncic.
0: Yeah, I think Dallas won because they got, in my opinion, the best player in the draft. And I, I now that the more I think about the Brunson pick, I just love the idea of him mm-hmm. be, pushing the other players um, and being uh, uh, almost the coach's voice on the court. That's interesting to me. Yeah, you can um, come in and be a leader right away. So, who do you think? Uh, who you think lost the draft? Who failed? <sighs> well.
1: Chicago and Cleveland, I didn't like either of those picks. I yeah. don't think Wendell Carter at number seven is going to be a great player, and Colin Sexton, I, I just I don't think I believe in him, especially if LeBron is on on the Cavs. I, I think that was a bad pick. I think they needed, you know, a, a player that can shoot from the outside, and not just you know Colin Sexton. He he's, I, I compare him a lot to De'Aaron Fox, someone that's not a great scorer. But a superior athlete that could get to the hoop. I I don't think I don't think that's the right fit at all. Um, another one I mentioned before. I'm not sure on Jaron Jackson. Maybe Memphis made a horrible pick at number four. But you know, all these picks. It's the NBA draft. It's uh, a lot of randomness to it. So m- maybe these players are gonna end up being great.
0: So yeah, I would my my first reaction would be to say Atlanta, but then again they got Dallas's pick. Who knows what the protections are on that? Oh well,
1: yeah skipped over that trey young yeah you're you're looking for a guy that will never play defense that will, that can put up some scoring numbers for you
0: and that's the best case scenario sell jerseys um but yeah i'm with you um i think the knicks won the draft with kevin knox but we'll find out in 10 years when we come back here for a recap of uh <laughs> this podcast thanks for being on the show uh now where can we uh where can we find you on the internet
1: uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm I'm always tweeting about NBA stuff. Maybe uh, not as much anymore now. We're in the off season, but you can follow me at CRobbins4.
0: Any any uh, World Cup predictions? You like soccer?
1: I do like soccer. Uh, I, I believe in Belgium. Uh, I like I like watching them. Eden Hazard on on the wing. Uh, I predict lots of Ronaldo versus Messi talk. With Ronaldo being the best player in the world now, since Messi crapped his pants
0: crapped his pants i don't know <laughs> anything about soccer um so i'm just gonna uh, confirm just uh just now. know
1: that landon donovan is telling us to root for mexico because that's america's other team okay i don't know if you saw those commercials no, i didn't no, understand I didn't, that at all i was like no mexico is our rival they're not our <laughs> other team
0: well i'm vo- i'm i'm voting i'm rooting for iceland so go iceland
1: Go, Mother Russia!
0: <laughs> All right, that's gonna do it for this episode of the All Ballcast. Thanks for being on the show, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, we can uh, do a three-man pod with uh, Bobby Bucket. Yeah, where and, uh, you at, Bobby? Um, yeah, and w- maybe we'll be back for a w- once LeBron signs with the Lakers, and then Kawhi gets traded. Maybe we'll do a. a, a, a... A, uh, a recap of freezing. Don't break my heart, right All right we'll get you next time. How long would I live? Who the hell knows? Like, who the hell cares? I'm in the direction that the wind blows. anywhere pick the time I arrive. I'm the lion in the jungle who don't sympathize. I your lung, him and raw, leave you paralyzed. Light us up, light it up. Let's get cheeky.